Hey, welcome to Vine Church Fort Myers podcast. We are glad that you took time to listen. We pray that the message of grace empowers you today. Are you guys ready for the word of God? Amen. Amen. Praise Jesus. For those that doesn't know me, my name is Raphael. I'm a missionary pastor. People in this church call me Pastor Raph, the short version. And I'm so glad that you made church today. Thank you so much for joining us. And I believe the Holy Spirit will speak to your heart. Let's pray together. Close your eyes. Father, fill this room as we just sing, as we worship. Now is your time to speak. We sing, we worship, we express our devotion. And now, God, we made our mind and souls quiet down, calm down in order to hear your voice. Speak, God. We want to be changed, transformed by the powerful, infallible, and errant word that we're going to be shared today. Go, God, go beyond what my words, my limited English word can do, Father. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you speak directly into each one of my brothers and sisters' life. I pray in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said? Amen. 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 We're going to go in a classic passage. Most of you guys are acquainted with this passage in the Bible. And I'm creating a, I, I'm prepping the soil. I'm, I'm, I'm preparing your heart for what's coming up. We're going to have a small break on this new series we are launching. We're going to be talking more about that in January and also the New Year's Eve uh, because then we're going to have at the movies. But I want to already give you the preparation for what's coming up and, and, and stir up faith, stir up expectation. I titled my message, Overflow of Fruits. Because it is the will of your heavenly Father that you bear much fruit. Let me hear your voice. Say with me. I believe my Father wants me to bear much fruit. It's not some fruit. It's not a little fruit, but much fruit. Say amen, everybody. Let's go to John chapter 15. John chapter 15. Jesus saying, I am the true vine. And my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, He takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, some fruit, He proves that it may bear more fruit. Verse 3, already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Verse 6, if anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Wow, what a promise. By these my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, and this is not the legalistic Old Testament commandments, 
These are the new covenant commandment, commandments that is to believe in the Son and to love, to love. We're gonna, if you keep reading the passage, you'll find out that the commandments of Jesus has to do with faith and love. You will abide in my love, just as I've kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. Verse 11 to close. These things I have spoken to you that my joy, the complete joy, the overflowing joy may be in you. And that your joy may be full or completed. Amen? So, there's no doubt that the will of God for His children is that they bear much fruit. That they will be fruitful children. The Father has an expectation that His disciples, that Jesus' disciples will make disciples. It is the expectation of the Father that you as a leader bears other leaders, generate other leaders. You as a man of God, as a woman of God, generate others, disciples of Christ. It is the will of the Father that each one of us reach out our range of influence for Christ and bear much fruit. Let me hear a good amen in this house. It's clear. The text is not... Uh, again, surrounding the subject, in this is glorify my Father, Jesus said, that you bear much fruit. The Father is more glorified when we bear fruits. There are three clear characters, figures in this story here. The number one is the Father. He is the vine dresser. He's the one that uh, cleans, that prunes, that prepares the soil. The second one is the Son. He is the vine itself. He is the true vine. He is the one that gives the sap, the Holy Spirit. Believing in Christ, empower us under the power of the Holy Spirit. And finally, the branches, which are the disciples. They are the one that bear fruit. So the combination, the junction of the Father, the Son, and us, the final result are the fruits. It's expected the fruits will come up. And again, this cannot, uh, uh, a lot of times Christians read this passage and they feel uh, condemned, they feel discouraged because uh, this calling of generating fruits, this, this calling into generating children, this uh, 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 challenge to bear fruits, to uh, uh, reach out, my friend, for Christ, to influence, to lead a life group, to actually bear a son. It's impossible for me. I was speaking to someone this week and saying that God is the God of Abraham. That's one of his name. And if you remember the story of Abraham, God is challenging a 99 years old man Marry with a barren woman to be the father of many nations. This is just unfair. This is just like craziness. How God can ask for a powerless man married with a powerless woman to bear a child. Because it's not out of ourselves. A branch cannot bear a fruit by itself. Say amen everybody. 
It's a matter of being attached, abiding in the vine. It is a matter of faith. Abraham, the father of faith, shown us, expressed to us, taught us the way we generate, we bear fruits by faith. Now, the branches that bear no fruit, there is instruction. The branches that bear some fruit, there is another treatment. But the final goal is that each one will be a branch that bear much fruit. So there are three types of branches here. And I'm going to speak about the first one, the branches that bear no fruit. Go to verse 2, and we read this. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Now, this is a very um, serious statement. If you misread that, you can have a serious theological problem with the rest of the Bible. And the first way to read this verse is that maybe these branches, they were not actually branches. They are just nominal believers. They are not true branches. Someone is going to say, these are the uh, fake Christians. They are not genuinely believers in Christ. But the problem is that the text is very clear. Every branch in me. Everybody say, in me. So the texts clearly say that these branches are in the true vine. They are not bearing fruit, but they are in Christ. Which brings the second possible interpretation. We're making an exegesis of the text here, guys. Just reading the text within the text. Is that and people that are going to get this second way of reading, um, they are known as Armenians, our brothers and sisters that believe that you can lose your salvation. That these people, because they do not bear any fruit, you know what Jesus do? You know what the Father do? Thus, He just cut them away and they are thrown into hell. They lose their salvation. They had previously their names written in the book of life. They were one day attached into the true vine. But because they did not bear any fruit, Jesus, he just like cut them out and they are not saved anymore. Which doesn't make any sense. Because if you are reading the book of John in all the passages in, Rome, in Romans or in Revelation, you're going to find... That one thing you can be sure, John chapter 10, verse 28. I'm reading within the context of John. I don't want to read any other passage outside of the author's own word here. He says, we're, uh, quoting Jesus' statement, I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. No one. This includes even yourself, my brother. Say amen. Don't you feel comfort just for the fact that nothing can snatch you out of God's hand? Come on, somebody. Verse 29. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. And I was checking out the Greek uh, translation of the word all. 
and it means all. It means all, like nothing. No, like there's absolutely no one, nothing in this world or the spiritual realm that can snatch you out of God's hand because no one is greater than God. And no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. So Jesus said, takes away. Go back to John chapter 15, verse 2. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. So there's a third interpretation for this takes away, which is the one I prefer. And I think it makes sense more with the text. The word there is airo. Now, it's a Greek strange word, but it means to take away from the ground. Take away from the ground, which means lift up. So, if you ever saw a vine tree, any vine tree picture, just show a vine tree picture. We are talking on a structure that is very weak in its own um, trunk. Usually, if you visit a vine uh, vineyard, you're going to see that the branches are sustained usually with wires to support the weight of the branches. And with the countless, numerous branches, some of the branches may grow downward. Come on, somebody. It may be that some branches tend to grow toward the ground. A vine tree with many branches, one of those branches may take a wrong route of growth. Instead of toward the sunlight, they are growing toward earth. This is not good because this branch will not receive proper sap, nutrients, and sunlight, and consequentially not bear fruits. So the vine dresser, as a good vine dresser, will take that branch away from the ground. Are you guys with me? Just this statement, it's worth it, this whole preaching. Come on, somebody. Are you guys with me? First John chapter 2, verse 15. Do not, do not love the world or the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. What that means, you are not aware of the sunlight of the love of God because you are fascinated, you are seduced, allured to the things of the ground. Come on, somebody. Instead of growing upwards, you are growing downwards. Look what the Bible says. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life is not from the Father, but it is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desire. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. So those branches growing downward speaks of brothers and sisters that 
are being attracted by the things of this earth. And the problem with the world, as John tells us here in 1 John, is that it's only false. It's fog. When you think you had held in your hand, there was no content. It was all illusion. It was as you were under the influence of a strong drink or even a strong substance. And you are not even aware you were living an illusion. And you were calling an illusion a reality. Look another word that Jesus said in Luke chapter 21 about the world. He says, but watch yourself lest your hearts be weighed down. Weighting down. It seems very much with these heavy branches. Weighting down with dissipation and drunkenness and cares of this earth, this world, this life. And that day come upon you suddenly like a trap. So if you are feeling weighed down, that's the reason. It's because the world and its deceitfulness, it's making you numb, heavy, dragged again. So it's time to wake up. Tell somebody close to you, it's time to wake up, my brother. The year of overflow is coming up. It's time to wake up. Come on, somebody. Because the Father wants you to bear much fruit. So even you that are here today, aware of the time wasted in the world, there's good news for us. The Father will airo you. He's not going to cut you away. He's going to take you away from the ground. Come on, somebody. So no matter how heavy you are, because your heavenly Father loves you so much, He will lift you up. And as a vine dresser, give me the vine again, very fruitful and beautiful. He's going to establish support around you. It may be a brother, a sister. The persistence of your life group leader. Let yourself be supported. Say amen, everybody. All the leaders in the house, say amen. And I know you try, you try, you call and did not answer. Do not give up on these brothers. Do not give up on these sisters. Let us be the instrument of the vine dresser to idol them, to lift them up. It may be a music, like a worship song that simply lifts you up. I remember during the most grievous season in my life uh, that by God's sovereign grace, uh, uh, my brother-in-law, Dr. Rafael, he shared with me this album, uh, this Christian album, and I couldn't stop singing that album. It was so lift up. It wasn't much profound, but it was a way to vent out all my pain just through music. It's time to sing again. Come on, somebody. It's time to worship Jesus again and be lifted up, supported. But today I also want to encourage you in the coming days to ask God for a promise. This week I started, I asked Pastor T to help me out in social media. 
I want to um, give you guys every single day a Bible verse and an inspirational message on this Bible verse, and probably going to be upon a book I got it this week, because I really like the illustrations I'm reading on this book. So I'm going to share with you guys, um, because I want you to get your heart prepared for 2023, not with my words of encouragement, not with self-improvement, you know, social media or YouTube video, but I want you to receive a divine promise. It, because promises support us and make us keep on track and not grow downward. You need a fresh personal promise from the Lord. Say amen, so I, maybe if I can encourage you in the coming days, and I know you're going to be 100% focused on at the movies, but I, I want to give you already resource to praying, to be praying with your family, to set, again, 10, 15, why not even 30 minutes devotional time with your children around you, bedtime or early in the morning until the New Year's Eve, until the New Year coming, uh, so you can pray together. And expect from God a fresh promise that will lift you up. That's the Father's heart for you. He'll give you a support as a vine dresser. I remember years ago, we were starting the church, and one of our students, she went through uh, the whole two years program at the time, it was two years, and um, she was not bearing fruit. She was not actually making disciples. She was very involved, very committed, but was not necessarily leading anyone, you know, bringing anyone to Christ. And uh, she was coming to the end of that Vine School of Ministry period, and she got in, in a crisis, a ministry crisis. And, and she came to me and my wife and said, look, I, I cannot bear fruit. And I remember just challenging her and said, you should ask the vine dresser, that you want that fruit. You want to bear fruit. And remember that she really got that word in her heart and believed that it was time to bear fruit. And uh, that girl, now a woman married with one of our pastors in training, Gabi Tombs, she started to lead a life group, lead another women, and also influence kids and never stop, kept bearing much fruit. So no matter if you Bear no fruit at all. Your heavenly Father will lift you up. Say amen, everybody. The second group is the group of brothers that are branches that bear some fruit. They bear some fruit. If you read the, again the text in John chapter 15, verse 2, is the second part. It says, and every branch that does bear some fruit, bear fruit, he prunes that he may bear more fruit. Let's go to the images. So this is the goal. We want to be a fruitful vineyard. But I had the, you know, the privilege, the honor to visit Pastor John in Oregon one day. And when I visit him, I saw that second picture. I saw people working in the vineyard. And I couldn't see that beautiful, you know, grape Falling up, you know, everywhere. I just saw a lot of guys working. And the result in other fields were just like that. The last thing you could see is a fruitful, beautiful vineyard. But because of the proper 
pruning some of the fields that me and my wife visit. They were already like that. They were starting to have some buds coming up, but no fruit apparent. He cleans. He prunes. And the Greek word for pruning here is katairo, katairo, which means purging impurity, cleaning. In a vine tree, there may be some unnecessary branches growing that create shade and impediment for a healthy growth of the whole tree. The whole tree is Jesus himself, but also he speaks of the church. So it's not by chance that you are part of the vine church. Because it's also an illustration of the vine. There are some parasites that needs to be cleaned away. That speaks of mindsets that are blocking our growth, your growth. It can be an afflicting situation that throughout the year you could not resolve. And now you are feeling powerless about. You feel that this is a chronic state that you have no chance to be rid of it. This is the way life will be. But I have good news for you. First Peter chapter 5 reminds us that after you have suffered a little while. Tell somebody, a little while, my brother. It's not forever. It's not the whole life. Tell somebody else, it's a little while. It's just a little while. The God of all grace, who has called you to His eternal glory in Christ, will Himself restore. Say amen. He Himself will confirm. Another amen. He strengthen and establish you. Come on. So, your heavenly Father wants to restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. This is just a, a momentary, temporary, just a little while suffering. But also, the pruning may come over wrong belief systems that is holding you back. Like legalism, self-righteousness. That leads you into accusation of the things of the past or condemnation of the mistakes of the present. And now this is holding you back, is hanging over you, is weighting you down. Romans chapter 3, 28. However, we hold, I like the Amplified version, we maintain that one, myself, in Christ, that one is justified by faith, apart from works of the law. Say with me, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Tell a brother, say, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Say amen, everybody. So maybe the pruning has to do with your shame or embarrassment to call people to Jesus. And God, we're going to put you into a situation of pruning. I heard this story a few weeks ago about this European pastor that, again, old continent, 
ancient continent, post-Christian era, he decided out of a conviction of the Holy Spirit that he should make a salvation call every single Sunday service in his church. So he announced that, hey, everybody, I'm going to start to make altar calls for salvation every single Sunday. So bring your friends. And at the end of the service, there was a lot of branches that needs to be pruned because they, tar- they tried to suffocate pastor's faith. Pastor, don't you know? We're all believers here. Nobody is going to respond to your altar call. So he says, but the Lord spoke to me. I'll do it. I'll do it. He didn't have life group strategy. He didn't have any other but other idea or creative approach of evangelism, but he decided to do it. And for his surprise, in the first service, right after his preaching, he made the altar call, and no one responded to the altar call. What embarrassment. No one came. Brothers came and said, I told you, Pastor, we told you. What a shame. He said, but the Lord spoke to me. And he kept doing second service. No one responded. The story made, long story short, he tried nine times. Now, I don't know about you. I'm a pastor, and I don't like to be embarrassed. So if I make an altar call, you respond. Even for, my, for me, for my shame, please. Nine times, nine services. On the ninth service, one person responded. Yeah, we say just this command very, you know, but for him, it was revival, man. For that pastor, was revival in the house. Right after that, more people start to respond in the following services. I'm speaking on the pastor of Hillsong Church in Portugal that kept growing, kept reaching the thousands and making a great impact in that nation. However, there are also the pruning that I cannot dismiss from this message. The pruning of some people out of our lives. And for me, this is the hardest one. Maybe because I'm a pastor. And I don't like to dismiss anyone out of my life. But sometimes the Lord himself, the the vine dresser, he does that for the greater good. He takes away some people. I'm speaking on some relationships that are holding you back, blocking your growth, and making you heavy and distracted. And yes, it can be someone in your workplace or in your classroom, but the only relationships that we are instructed in the Bible to be aware and maybe even not relate to is within even the church. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 11. But now I'm writing to you not to associate with anyone who bears the name of a brother. And he or she is guilty of sexual immorality or greed or is an idolater, reviler. Gossip people, confusion maker people, they, they like a dispute. They create a fuss where there is no reason to. Drunkard, swindler. The apostle of grace tells us not even to eat with such one. 
For what have I do with judging outsiders? It is not those inside the church whom you are to judge. God judges those outside. And look at the word that Paul uses. Purge. Oh, I remember the translation of pruning. It has to do with purging, cleaning. Purge the evil person from among you. It's so... Um, it's not comfortable when this ha has to happen. But the vine dresser, for your good, for the good and health of the whole tree, he may do that. It is time to move forward. It is time to enter the overflow of God for us. And I have to announce to you guys that nothing can hold us back, guys. Nothing can hold us back. Finally, we have the last one. It's the one that we all want to be and the Father wants us to be. Give me. The branches that bear much fruit. Say amen. amen. Say amen as someone that wants to be this branch here. John chapter 15 verse 5. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, because I have my uh, scholar, um, pastor, teacher, very aware of my exegesis here, Pastor John Wharton, he's taking notes to talk to me about it. In these 11 verses we just read, we find 10 times, say with me, 10 times, one expression that we cannot dismiss. Do you guys can tell me which expression we can find repeatedly in this text? Abide in me. So in a simple text interpretation, we can say that this is the key statement, the key expression that Jesus wants all to pay attention. We can confidently say that the only way to be, give me the main slide, a branch that bears much fruit is abiding in him but what that actually means the ideal is that i'll take these 10 points these 10 times that show up the expression and we will take a look but i'll give you just three points of what it means to abide in jesus number one you dare to be loved come on somebody you dare to be loved Look what Jesus says, verse 9, as the Father has loved me, so have I love in you. Abide, abide in my love. Can you, with assurance, with confidence, feeling every word you're going to say, say out loud, I am loved by God. Anyone in this house? I am loved by God. But, but really like wake up. First thought in my mind, I am loved by God. Last thought in the night, at your pillow, I am loved by God. That's the way to abide in Him. The more conscience of God's love for us, more fruitful we are. Romans 8, 37. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, life, angels, rulers, things of the present, things 
to come. 2022 or 2023, nor powers, nor height, depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Say amen, everybody. Come on. Number two, you dare to ask. People don't ask because they don't feel loved. They are concerned, ashamed, afraid, timid to ask because they are not abiding in the love. But you are loved and you know that, John 15, 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, which words? You are loved, you are loved. Ask whatever, whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Say a good amen in this house. So it's time to pray again. It's time to ask those bold requests to your good father. It's time to prepare and, and fill your heart with expectation and hope for an amazing year ahead. It's time to believe big again. We are entering the year of overflow. God is telling us that it's time to move from the hundreds to the thousands to see this house filled, filled with His favor and blessings. First John chapter 5, and this is the confidence that we have toward Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, say, I know. Let me hear a voice say, I know that my Father hears me. It's very important that you know your God, your Father, hears your prayer. In whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of Him.